Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast that's all about changing the way we view midlife and bringing the conversation about menopause out into the open. Each week we share stories, experiences and inspiration. We talk to experts on how to best navigate this time of life and find out how other people have not only survived but thrived through this time. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm here again with Imogen Lamport. It's so great to have her back. And Imogen, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, and I recommend that you do, Imogen is an internationally certified award-winning image consultant and image trainer whose absolute passion is demystifying the science and art of style so that you can define your own personality and your personal style and Get together a wardrobe of clothes that you love to wear. So welcome again, Imogen. It's really great to have you back. My pleasure. It's so great to be here, Karen. And just to clear up, yes, Imogen is in a car. She's actually on holiday at the moment. She sent her husband out with the dogs while she records this podcast. So I'm so, so grateful to you for doing that. Thank you. It's my pleasure. (laughs) It's not exactly a glamorous background. (laughs) That's okay. It'd be cool if you had the dog in the background looking over your shoulder as dogs do. Just wouldn't want him barking. No. (laughs) So I said to you just before we started, that's a gorgeous colour on you. And then went, well, oh, yeah, it would be because you're an image consultant. And that was more what I wanted to talk to you about today. You know, how do we choose colours that suit ourselves? And what is it? Let's talk about colours. Okay, so I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a kind of explanation of the science of colour. So you may remember back to physics, or if you were my kind of age, uh, the Dark Side of the Moon album cover, uh, where you refract a light through a prism and you get the rainbow. So white light is the full spectrum of colours. So Light is on the electromagnetic spectrum. It is different wavelengths. So you've got slower wavelengths and faster wavelengths. And when we see color, what we're actually seeing is the reflected light. So the wavelength that is not what the color is, is absorbed. And then whatever it is, is reflected. So if I'm wearing kind of this bluey shirt, the, the, all the red and the yellow and the orange and the green and the purple, all those wavelengths are being absorbed and that blue is being reflected, which is why you can see the colour as blue. So I think of colour a bit like this, and it can sound slightly woo-woo, but when you think about it in a scientific physics term, it kind of makes sense. So we each have our own individual set of colouring, and this comes from things like the melanin in our skin, which is the, the tanning, you know, so how light or dark we are, but also there are two different sorts of melanin. There's one that's more cool-based and one that's more warm-based. We also have the our hair color so whatever the pigments we have in that and we notice with hair color like it changes over our lifetime uh many people will tell me oh you know when I was a small child I was a very white blonde and then by the time I was 20 I was mousy brown and by the time I was 40 I'd gone a darker brown and then of course I started going gray and like so we have a we have this ever-changing hair color for many of us and And this is something that we notice the hair colour change because the pigment's very obvious. But skin changes along with hair. 
And this is why often when people dye their hair back to their natural colour, so the colour they may have had at the age of 20, say, it doesn't work because they don't have the skin they had when they were 20. And I know when I was 20, I was like Snow White. And it's hard to believe now when you look at me, I don't look anything like Snow White. But I had black hair and very white skin. And I remember I could barely buy a foundation light enough. It was really hard to get that kind of really fair foundation. Now, some years later, maybe just two or three, of course, not revealing my age. <laughs> but I don't have that skin anymore. And if you see me, I now have grey hair. Um, and so the hair pigment has obviously changed, but I'm nowhere near as light as I used to be. Very easy to buy a foundation these days. I don't have the same issues. And even though I've been wearing sunscreen every day since I was about 18, when I discovered that 80% of wrinkles came from sun damage, and I went, I don't want to be wrinkled when I'm older. I still don't have, and I live in a you know, harsh climate in Australia where we have you know, quite a lot of sun, so it's kind of hard to avoid. But I don't have the same skin, and I've got sunspots and all those sorts of things now as well. So We also have our eye colour. And our eye colour is not always set. Like often you'll notice if you've had a baby that what colour their their eyes are a little bit different and they might change a bit. Like it's a bit like dogs. We have a couple of, you know, dogs. And when they were all born, all the puppies had blue eyes. And, of course, the dogs now no longer have blue eyes. They have brown eyes. But it's pretty common. So eye colour changes as well. And we'll notice as we get older that the, the pigments fade in eyes. So they're never as bright as they were when you were younger. So we have this kind of changing aspect of colouring. And I think of colour, because colour is, you know, electromagnetic waves, it's light waves, and you have a set of colouring and the colours that are in harmony with you, I actually think they must kind of vibrate at a similar sort of light wave. It's a bit like music. I think of colour like music where it's pretty unpleasant to listen to someone, you know, sing out of tune or play an instrument out of tune. And I see the same thing with colour. To me, When we're in harmony with the colours that resonate with us, it's always more beautiful and more aesthetically pleasing than when we're wearing something that's that's not in harmony with us. And so colour is very much like that. So when I'm looking for colours with my clients, I'm looking for what is the the same colour property. So colour has three properties. We have what we call a value, which is how light or dark the colour is. Then we have the intensity so that's how bright or muted or grayed down the color is and then we have the undertone so that's how warm or cool the color is and so we're looking for those same intensities and those same values and those same undertones and when we have those three properties in the same color as you you go oh you look amazing like that color it really does lift you and I notice when I'm doing a color analysis it's almost like when we hit the right colors that a little internal light switch has been switched on And you just look this little bit more vibrant, more alive than in the colours that aren't quite your colouring. I didn't know any of that, but I didn't know the skin tone changed either because I remember somebody saying to me years ago when, because I had, I dyed my hair, I dyed my hair every colour, but black was one of the colours that I dyed my hair when I was younger. And somebody, one of my aunties said, make the most of it because you're not going to be able to wear that colour once you hit 40. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it's because it's more noticeable. So the older we get and the more skin imperfections we get, it's more obvious when a colour is wrong. So when we're young and we've got young, beautiful skin and it's fairly unlined and all those sorts of things, we can get away with more. As we get older, we just notice that it will bring out things like 
if you're wearing black, particularly as you get older, it tends to give you double chins and under eye bags and it highlights every wrinkles. Because even though black, when we think about, well, if color is reflected light and black is the absorption of all light, so you go, well, what's it reflecting? But what it's reflecting is shadow. And so it tends to bring out, like put shadows in every crevice that we have. Um, so it's something that's like, yeah, it's a bit hard to wear, if it's, particularly if it's not your coloring. It can look very harsh and hard. So are there general rules for people? Like if you've got this colour hair, so is there a way that you can tell what kind of colour suits you? Is it like to do with your hair colour or what is it? Is there a general rule of thumb? It is like there are some rules, but, of course, it's slightly complex. So we want to look at, so the easiest thing to work out is are you better in lighter colours or darker colours? So this is what we call our value. So to make a colour lighter, we add white. To make a colour darker, we add black. So this relates to hair colour. So if you have lighter hair, you will suit lighter colours. If you have a darker hair, you will suit darker colours. So that's the first and very simple thing to kind of go. And you'll be amazed. This is why often people are going, oh, I can't wear pastels. And it's going, like, absolutely, because they're not your colour. Like, you're dark, you suit darker colours. So that is the first thing. So that's the easy thing. So if we make, if we change our hair colour, that can affect how light or dark the colours we are wearing that work. And I noticed so many years ago, because I used to have very dark hair, and I put some highlights in it, trying to disguise some of the grey that was coming through. And I everything I bought when I had those highlights in was lighter than everything else that I had. And when I went back to giving up on the highlights, it's like none of those clothes really worked anymore. So I noticed that difference where you're going, oh, the colours I'd been wearing didn't work. So there is the value is the first thing. Working out your undertones. Now, some of these pe- people can find it easier. And for some people, it's more obvious. Like if you're a natural redhead, you're warm. I've never met a natural redhead who was not warm. And it's because there's a lot of carotene. There's a lot of yellow, orange in your colouring to start with. So there's a lot of warmth there. So that's one of those things that generally it's like you go, yep, that's always warm. Pretty much most people with olive green eyes are warm as well. Because if you think about that olive green, it's a yellow green. So it's got a lot of yellow in it and yellow is what makes colours warm. But if you've got blue eyes, you could be warm, you could be cool. If you've got brown eyes, you could be warm, you could be cool. So that doesn't tell you so much for many people because it's not a really obvious, it's not one of those things. But if you look at your eyes and go, they're really yellow green, that's a good indication of warmth. So we have that. Uh, Hair colour really just tells us how light or dark, but because everybody dyes their hair, hair colour isn't necessarily like if you've kind of forgotten what your hair colour is or you haven't seen it for a long time, it can be hard to tell because brown hair can be warm, can be cool. So there's less in there. And this is where it's actually the skin, which is kind of the largest organ we have. And it's the thing that when we are feeling ill, you know, people say you look pale or you look unwell. It's like that you look a little bit green and that's coming through in the skin. So the right colours will make you look healthier. The wrong ones may, may look, make you look jaundiced or they may just make you look washed out. And this is where experimenting with colours or just getting a colour analysis because what we have is a whole heap of tools where we've divided colours into their different colour properties and then we just test them on people to figure out like going, okay, well, that one works better than that one and this is your undertone and all that sort of stuff. So the, the idea, so think about colour like a picture frame. So when we think about a picture frame, the picture frame should frame the picture, it should enhance the picture. It should work with the picture, make the picture look better, but it shouldn't be the star. 
And the same thing is with color. So if you put on a color and all you see is the color, it's hard to look at anything else. The color is not enhancing you. It's too much in some way or other. So it's not right in some way or other. And it could be because it's too bright. It could be because it's the wrong undertones. So without actually kind of knowing all those other aspects, because it's quite this science to color, it can be hard. But it is the kind of thing. So ideally what we want is we want a color that makes you look brighter and that also directs attention to your face. And so when we get to a colour that's really unrelated, then it's very hard to look at someone's face because you go, oh, my eye keeps getting drawn to that colour, so it gets getting drawn to your body. It's weird you say that because I was going over a couple of, I remember trying something on once and um, I used to have this fabulous, when we lived in Western Australia, this fabulous little salon and they used to just, I walked in and they'd give me clothes to wear. But I put on this one dress this one day and the woman just said, take it off it's wearing you you're not wearing it I'm like what are you talking about but that's what you're saying isn't it it is like you want to wear the color not the color wear you so if you're ever in a store and they say you just need a bright lip with that go okay it's not the right color that's a great indication that the color is not working for you they just want to make a sale I was in a place the other week and they had me try on this dress beautiful dress very expensive and I, it was so tight. When she zipped it up, I was kind of like this. She said, it's perfect. I'm like, I'd like to move. <laughs> yeah. And breathe. Yeah. Breathing is good. <laughs> so the whole lipstick thing, put on a bright lipstick, you'll be fine. That's a complete fallacy, is it? Yeah. And so the thing is, yeah, you can make a colour less bad by putting on a, a brighter lipstick, but if the lipstick doesn't relate to your colouring and you just become, like I look at some people and I think, why have you got that bright tangerine lipstick on it? Just all I see is your lips. So ideally we want to just look good as a whole. And so if we have to kind of keep trying to make something work by putting on something that's not really great for us, like I like, Ideally, and this is why we do color analysis without makeup on, because what we want to do is make you look as amazing as possible without makeup. So you don't need as much makeup. Is there an easy way? Uh, no, I was going to go talk about gray hair as well. Where does gray hair come into all this? Because as your hair color changes, how does that impact everything? So, absolutely, it impacts. So generally, so if we think about it, if bright colors are more solid, dense colors. So like when I had black hair, it was a very solid, dense color. It was very bright. If we think about someone who's a bright blonde or someone who's bright redhead or very deep chocolatey brown, like they're very intense colours. As we go grey, so if we think about it, if we have bright, really bright colours on one end of the spectrum and then all the way down just small increments of grey until we get to greys. And if you've ever tried to mix different greys together, you'll really go, oh, these greys don't work. And it's because grey can either be made from just mixing black and white together But most greys are actually not that. What they are is colour with a whole lot of grey in it. So it has an undertone. So it might be a greeny grey or it might be a blue grey or a purple grey or a yellow grey, And which is why if you ever tried to mix grey clothes and you think these greys just don't work, it's because they've got different undertones. So what grey hair is, is so you think about it, if I had bright hair when I was young and then gradually over time it goes grey, what it does is it takes away that intensity. So you, you have to go for softer colours than you used to wear, so more smoky colours. So grey both softens the colours down, so softer rather than brighter colours, and it also lightens you up. So to think, you know, if you look at me now and I'm fairly white round my face, like the back of my head's a bit darker, 
but I'm fairly white around my face. And so I'm much lighter. I no longer have that depth that I had. Like most people who've never seen me young, you like find it hard to believe I was ever had black hair. And that's the thing. I remember when I was 16, I got taken to an old people's home. And we're talking back in the probably early mid-80s. And we were taken there. I don't know why. It was a school trip. I suspect it was something to do with, you know, interviewing them about the Second World War or something. <laughs> and I remember looking around the room and thinking, who was the blonde and who was the redhead and who had the black hair? Because all those colour markers that we see. So if I see a redhead who's young, you can cover their hair and you still know they're, they're a redhead because their eyebrows will be red. And they have that certain colouring that you associate with redheads. They've also got a brighter coloured eye versus when people get old, the eye colour kind of fades away a lot. And it can go a bit looking glassy looking and it can be due to do with cataracts and all those sorts of things that we tend to get as we're older. And this was in the era before the really there was only the pink rinse or the blue rinse. It's not like now where people can dye their hair to pretty much whatever colour they want for as long as they want. And so... Everybody had natural hair colour. So when you looked around this room of old people, there was no obviousness in colouring. So what happens with age and with greying is that we move to this centre between warm and cool. We're no longer obviously warm or cool in the same way we might have been when we were younger. We move away from being darker to kind of everybody is a similar light. Now you get darker greys and lighter greys but it's, it's more similar. And then we have this much more smoky. So it's like taking those bright colours and passing a haze of smoke over them. And those colours work much better than when we were younger and we could wear the brighter colours. So can you tell, does everybody's brown hair go a particular grey? Does it stay? Because and the reason I'm asking is, my grey hair really does not suit my skin tone at all. And I'm like, yeah. But it suited me when I was younger. Why hasn't it gone a grey that actually makes my face look good? And it just doesn't. It gives me big black eyes. And yeah. So if you have warmer colouring, generally the grey is a bit dirtier than cool colouring. So you'll generally find, so if your skin is still warmer but your hair is grey, it's not as flattering because of that warmth that you have. Because grey is essentially cool. So both black and white are cool. So grey has a much cooler base. Now, and this is what can happen is that your hair may be graying faster than your skin is changing. So you still have more warmth. And often too, because I noticed that many people who are warmer when they go grey, they often will say it's more still wool or more dirty grey. It's a less pretty grey, I suppose, than the cool greys and the more silver greys are. And so A, people go, I don't like that colour. So it hasn't got that same kind of warmth that you have. So I'll often notice that warm people will want to dye their hair for much longer than cool people just because the grey is not as nice because cool people already have like that coolness that it works better with. Yeah, I've never been able to wear grey. So. Yeah. No, and there's nothing grey about you. So if you look at you, you go, do you see any grey? No. So, and that one of the easiest ways when people say like, what colour neutral should I choose to base my wardrobe around? I go, the first one is look at your hair colour. So whatever is your hair colour is going to make a great neutral because hair colour works for shoes, bags, coats, belts, because we're always wearing our hair. So hair colour is a great neutral. Then look at your eyes and go, what kind of neutrals have you got in your eyes? So if you've got, say, a greeny brown or an olivey green, then those sort of olivey colours make great neutrals. Or if you've got blue eyes, you might find navies make great neutrals. So it's looking at what are the colours in you. So when I was young and I had black hair, black was a great neutral. Then I went to a platinum blonde and white was a great neutral. Now that I'm grey, grey is a great neutral. But before I went grey, 
Like when I had black hair, if I put on grey, I'd go, it's really meh. Even though it's cool, it was still not great on me because there was nothing grey in my appearance. So really it's like going, let's find the colours that we see in us to start with and start replicating those colours because that's when we kind of bring out the beauty and the harmony. Yeah, I find the autumnal colours, the oranges and the browns and and those kind of orange in particular for some reason just really pops on me you know it didn't 20 years ago (laughs) but it does now well 20 years ago you might have had slightly different coloring you would have been brighter so the autumnal colors are a little bit softer there might have been an orange that worked for you 20 years ago but maybe it's different from the one that is now and so this is why we kind of it's we're ever changing and I think life is would be boring if you were stuck wearing the same colors your whole life so it's, it's nice to go that there is some change is this why I've just had this I went to watch um, menopause the musical the other week Uh which is just hilarious but one of the women there was dressed in well they were all dressed in middle-aged women clothes but one of them was that you know the one she's got the cropped capri pants on and a t-shirt and a cardigan over the top and they're always in pastel colors (laughs) yeah. <laughs> why is that well, it was called like menopausal mauve and it's because those softer colors work better with the gray hair <laughs> so they do become more flattering the problem is is that the color is one thing but you've still got to love the style and so don't just buy something because you love the color like you have to love the style as well because what i see is people will go they'll get their color analysis they'll go out shopping they'll get excited and they'll just buy anything they find in their colors and then they'll get them home and go but i don't like this it must be something wrong with the colour rather than actually going, I don't like this cardigan. It feels frumpy <laughs> or whatever it is. So so it is that sort of thing going, suddenly going to, I'm just going to wear crop pants and a, and a white shirt and a cardigan or whatever it might be or the T-shirt where you go, it's kind of frumpy and dull. Like, so we don't, those colours, any colour is beautiful in the right context and any colour can look modern in a modern style of clothing. But if you just put on, like, call the old lady clothes, you will look like an old lady. <laughs> Is there an easy way of, you know, when you go to a shop, if you pick up, if you go, oh, my goodness, I really like that. Is there an easy way of telling whether the colour's you or not, if it's something you'd not, not like I'm saying something you'd not normally buy, but I think a lot of us are wearing the wrong colours, aren't we? Absolutely. What's interesting about it is often people decorate their houses in the right colours. Like they're <laughs> colours they're drawn to, but they don't necessarily wear them. It's really interesting. I've very often seen this. So one of the easiest things to do is do what I call the blink test. And maybe it's even take something in in a couple of different colours or whatever. But it's put it up under your chin and then stand in front of the mirror in the change room and shut your eyes and go, do I smell coffee? Is that popcorn? Like what we want to do is clear the brain. That's why it's just like a little distraction. And then when you open your eyes, your aim is to look at your face in the mirror. And you want to notice if, are you drawn to your face or you suddenly, your eye is drawn down to the colour? Because if you just can't help but look at the colour, then the colour's probably not quite right. And I see it when I'm doing colour analysis where you can see people's eyes in the mirror and they're just like, and then when you get to the right colours, it's almost like we flick up to the face. It's this. So that is, I mean, the blink test is probably one way of just telling, like, going, am I drawn to my face or the colour? And it's often when we're doing a colour analysis, and this is why it's kind of hard when we have no context around colours, to be able to compare, is this green better than this green? Or is this blue better than this blue? Or is the pink better than the orange or whatever it is? To go, which one makes me want to look my face? 
And which one makes me look healthier? So if you go, oh, it just brings out under eye bags and double chins, just put it back. But it's often it's when we take one color away and you see the change happen. That's when you can really see. And that's why when we're doing color analysis, we've got our big drapes and things. What we're seeing is it's this instant the color changes. You suddenly go, oh, I'm looking at your face or, oh, I've been sucked down to your body. Or, or if it's too dull, it can make you look like it's almost like you've lost all your light. So like I was talking about that little internal light switch is like some colors turn on the light switch and other colors turn it off. <laughs> okay so we've been going for half an hour now I'll start to wrap up in a minute I'm just watching okay. the clock because I'm aware right. of your poor husband okay. walking the dogs I don't know where he is I can't see him so <laughs> he's gone far enough away it's all right <laughs> what else do you want to say about colors color is one of those things that I remember back in the early 80s and I got Color Me Beautiful out and it had the four seasons. I remember analysing myself and just going, oh, I think I'm a winter. And I was fairly typical of the winter sort of stuff and it worked for me, but it didn't work for a lot of people because there weren't enough options and the humans are much more varied than just four seasons as such, which is why I developed my colour system back in 2009, which is 18 different groups because we're really quite nuanced. And even though we change over time, it's not a fast change. It is a slow change that happens. But I will always remember to, I can't remember, somewhere in my late teenage years, I had a mustard yellow jumper. And every time I wore it, people would go, are you feeling okay? So, and I remember thinking, I feel fine. Why are my people asking me if I'm feeling okay? And then I realized it was every time I wore that jumper. And I realized, oh, I'd read that Color Me Beautiful book and this was not my color. Like this was making me look jaundiced and ill and stuff. And so that was kind of one of those things. So I just goes, if you've got any clothes where people go, you're feeling okay, then you go, not a good colour. That's a really good indication that the colour you're wearing is, because especially if you feel fine. And I also think it's often about, listen, if, if you get compliments in something, notice the compliment. Is it, I love your red jacket or you look great? Because if all people ever do is comment on the item of clothing, that's what they're noticing. They're noticing the colour or the item of clothing rather than you as a whole. And ideally what we're looking for is to make ourselves, it's that it's the frame, not the feature. So suddenly if it's like that jacket's amazing, it could be, well, that's become the picture rather than the picture frame. So so I always think it is that sort of thing to to listen to those things and notice and know that black, just I'm going to have a quick word on black because it is one of those colours that everybody's, oh, everybody wears. It's also, you know, wonderful. It's like, but... It can make you, like, it's cool, dark, and bright. So if they're your colour properties, great, wear it. If they're not, so if you're warm, avoid black. If you're light, avoid black. <laughs> if you're more grey down, avoid black because it's just ageing you. Like, what it's doing is it's putting, like, double chins, under eye bags. So there are so many other colours that are so much more flattering. And if you're wearing it because you're thinking it's making you look slim, it's not. There's many other colours. Like, the colours that work for you will make you look much more slim than the colours that don't work for you. Because the right colours create that face focus. As I always say, if you're looking in my eyes, you're not looking at my thighs. So, so it is that sort of thing to go, like there are many other things that can make you look better. And when you have a wardrobe of clothes in the colours that work for you, they mix and match really easily. You can have way fewer clothes, way more outfits because the clothes work together really easily. Like I'm just on holiday now. And I don't have to think too much when I'm putting some clothes in a suitcase to go, will these things work together? I just know that pretty much all my clothes in my wardrobe work together. So then I can choose what do I want to take based on the weather rather than 
and knowing that I'll be able to mix and match things rather than having to make really conscious decisions about that. And that's one of the fantastic things is it creates a really cohesive, great wardrobe really easily. Uh, You've gone from the four seasonal colours to 18 different. Yes. Why is that? Why such a massive difference? Uh, Because when I was looking at it, and I'd been using a colour system that had more than four, but less than 18, and I kept hitting people. I thought, you don't really fit in. I have to give you something, but maybe this palette's too dark, or maybe this palette, like there was something wrong. So what I did is I looked at those three colour properties that I talked about, the value, the intensity, and the undertone. And I went, well, not everybody's at an extreme end of warm or cool. Not everybody is an extreme end of light or dark. What we have is a lot of people in between. So how do I create all those people in between rather than just extreme? So in ways, the four seasons was kind of a bit more extreme. And it was like going, okay, and understanding the three, three color properties. So if the old summer was light, cool, and soft, and spring was warm, light, but bright, and autumn was like warm, deep, and softer and winter was cool deep but bright so what happened if you were warm light and soft there was no option so we had to go oh do I give you spring which is bright or do I give you summer which is cool like I had to give you something that wasn't quite right versus now what I do is I have options for everything and that's where they come from to go and and it was that sort of thing looking going this is over here and am I going to wake up one day and just suddenly be down this end of that spectrum that's not going to happen I'll move slowly so what I've done is put a lot of stops in between so it's much more nuanced wow so tell me how people can get in touch with you and what you have what offers have you got on at the moment what have you got available (laughs) oh I've got lots of things so I mean if you're interested in getting a color analysis I do it online as well as in person and that's through my bespoke image website so I have a bespokeimage.com.au and just look up for the color analysis and there's an online color analysis option there so that's something that's really easy we do it through it's a multi-step process it's not just send me one photo and then you do your colors because that doesn't really work because I have to make sure that everything's right but it does work really well. I've done, I've been doing online color analysis now since 2014. So it was way before COVID, fortunately. So got to really practice and enhance and, and tweak and work out what works and how to get the best result. Uh, so there's always that. I also have you interested in both color and style and wanting to know what shape styles, personality, clothing, all that sort of stuff. I have my seven steps to style program. So that includes the color analysis, but it also has the style and body shape advice and how to wardrobe and how to understand your personality and its influences. And I think we probably talked a bit about that last time as well. So they are two great ways. And of course, I have my blogs. If you just want to go and look up more about color, my blog, insideoutstyleblog.com. It's a huge resource. I call it now the Encyclopedia of Color and Style. And you can go just to look at the category color. You can go to discover your colors, all those sorts of things. And, you know, just do some reading up if that's of interest to you. Wow. Thanks, Imogen. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? I'm not sure if there is. Is there anything you want to ask me? (laughs) There's heaps of things I want to ask you, but we just carry on going for another half hour. So we'll do another one in another few months. Months, yeah. Because, yeah, it's look, it's something that I think most of us struggle with, not just the style, but finding the right colour. Because I do think when you look around, probably 80 odd percent of people aren't wearing a colour that's really suitable for them. And, yeah. and that's because fashion, colour is like fashion in, in some ways, that there'll be colours that are in fashion. And so you see those sort of colours everywhere. So if you don't want those colours, well, 
what are your options now but what's interesting is that said I shop with people of every color group and you won't find their entire spectrum of colors but you'll always find something so I always look at it and go if currently say navy blue is in fashion and and you go okay it's fairly easy to buy things in navy blue then you have more options in different styles so to buy your navy blue now but maybe brown is not really available so you just go well I'm not going to get my brown I'll be lucky to get my brown but maybe next season brown will be the color that's in fashion everywhere and the navy will be disappearing so I go buy the colors that are in fashion that work for you but understand that the wardrobe is built over time that you'll never go like if you go out with it in your head going, today I want to find a turquoise blue top, you might have a hard time because if turquoise blue is in fashion, great, but if it's not one of the fashion colours, and Pantone put out these, this is the fashion trends and we see a lot of similar colours, but if it's not there, you're not going to find it and you're going to be disappointed. So I just go, it's like pick the best of what is available for you at any one time and over time you will get that kind of full spectrum of colours. Yeah, that's really interesting because the number of times I've done that, I bought a skirt for my son's wedding middle of middle of the year and I wanted a particular top. Do you think I could find a top? Not yeah. a hope in hell. And the ladies in David Jones said, this is what everybody says. They've got a skirt yeah. or a pair of trousers and they need a specific top to go with it and they can never find it. Yeah. This is where dye works. So one of the things I do sometimes is if I'll buy something that's, fairly neutral or something that I know that I can dye into the colour I want. And then I go down to Spotlight, get a packet of whatever is the right sort of dye for the fabric, making sure that the fabric isn't easily dyeable. Like natural fibres, much easier to dye than synthetics. And then I just go, well, I want that whatever colours, and I chuck it in the washing machine with my dye. <laughs> then I get the colour that I want. I've not thought of doing that for years. I need to do because I've got so many white tops that are really nice but really don't suit me because yeah. <laughs> they're white <laughs> yes so you can dye them to other amazing colors and yeah. then you have a whole and I've seen whole wardrobes be revamped even when people have say colors that are too cool you can warm them up with a bit of yellow like there's a whole lot of things you can do I've got lots of actually over dyeing posts on my blog as well so if you're interested in thinking about how can I do this dyeing stuff do have a look at that <laughs> thanks so much Imogen really appreciate it my pleasure thank you it was lovely to chat to you I know it was great have a fabulous rest of your holiday and thanks for talking to us on the holiday my pleasure thanks for joining us this week on menopause marriage and motherhood Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite player. And while you're at it, we'd love you to leave us a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode. And remember, if you're busy thinking about what you can't have, how on earth are you going to enjoy what you can have? See you next week.